Hello, this is Michael Chandler, candidate for Alderman in Ward 1, and you're listening to my favorite podcast, OB Pod. Evening, Cash. Evening, Zach. Man, it's uh, it's good to be back on the mic. I uh, really enjoyed episode two. Uh, I hope everybody else did. It looks like our numbers look good. Uh, so getting to episode three has, has been something I've been licking my chops about all week, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, we had no idea the kind of response that we were going to get when we started this. You know, you always hope that it's going to be positive and continue to trend upwards. You hope it. You don't actually believe it. I'm yeah. going to tell you, I was a little nervous. The support and the feedback that we have gotten, y'all, we cannot thank you enough. The emails come in through at theobpodcast at gmail.com. Very touching. It's from yeah. the community that we expect. And look, we are already up to 10 reviews on iTunes. Thank you very much for everybody who did that. <laughs> Guys, if you have an iPhone or an iTunes account and you enjoy what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. That helps our podcast tremendously when it comes to search engines. And if you're listening to us on Google or Amazon, go ahead, give us a review there. It means the world to us. I Absolutely. promise you. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's get into the week, man. How how's your week been? Man, it was a really good week. We had some beautiful weather that I can't thank anyone enough for. But more importantly, I had a fantastic Thursday night going out to raise fin and feathers for the support that they were given Austin Eldridge. Oh, yeah, the, the sheriff deputy that got hurt. Yeah, I remember this. I don't want to say he's a close personal friend or anything, but he's someone that I've met a few times just randomly through in life. He was my <laughs> bank teller, oddly enough, at First Horizon. Because I was just one of those weird people that love going to the bank, having random conversations with people. And he was somebody, no lie, I would talk to for 15 minutes about sports every time I went to deposit my check. Well, that just goes to show you that he was a good teller, that he, yeah. you know, he had a, a good He made that personal field. connection, yeah. you know, and I mean, that's something you kind of hope that you get. And he cares about local. And then he went off, started his own podcast, Four Down Territory, got into sports radio, and then decided that wasn't enough, joined the National Guard. And then went off to become a deputy sheriff so he could help people. Well, let's let's help the listeners in case they don't know. Austin is a DeSoto County Sheriff. Mm-hmm. A little while back, a motorist had a flat tire on Interstate 69. He pulled over and decided to do the good, you know, the good Samaritan. And he was helping uh, this person change a flat tire. And a drunk driver struck him as he was on the side of the road. He was injured severely. Sadly, he had to have a leg amputated, and it looks like the other leg was damaged pretty severely, and there is a chance he may never walk again. It is absolutely gut-wrenching to hear that you have a guy that, like you described, who's obviously a great community person, great citizen, loves people. He's out there doing the right thing to help someone who's stranded, you know, and this is this is the result he ends up, you know, and I, I'm a believer in God and I believe everything has a plan. It's just sometimes just tough. And, but I, what I can say is, is that I'm happy that, you know, you, your money going to raise on the night went to help his family. I'm happy to all the people who came and the money that's going to help them. I'm happy that Olive Branch stepped up. You know, we saw our people him. down in South Haven over at 10th Ending Sports Bar and Grill raise over $25,000 and do fantastic things for him. And then Olive Branch, like you said, came right back out and did the same exact thing. So, you know, Rhonda Betts is the owner of Ray's. I know her personally. Mm-hmm. You know, she her, her children have gone through Center Hill. It's ran by a fantastic local business owner who cares about the community. She gives so much back. She helps with the booster club at the school with multiple sports. Things she doesn't have to do, she doesn't get paid for it. And she runs a, she has a day job and runs a restaurant business. And she's deciding to give this back. I can't tell you enough. If you are a community member who cares, 
I strongly encourage you to head over to Ray's Fizz and Feathers and meet Rhonda and meet the family because it is family. Her son is the is the chef. Believe it or not, a lot of the people who are waitresses in there are teachers and educators who come and help because they know how much she has helped the school. So it shows that local school employees are helping a restaurant because the restaurant helps the school. It's what more beneficial of a relationship is there when it comes to community schools and everything together? Takes a village to raise a family. Absolutely. Olive Branch is coming out and showing that what you put into something, you get back. Absolutely. It's just really good to see all that, you know, and something else that kind of hit me this week. And, uh, you know, I know you and I were talking about it before the pod. And as well as, you know, if you listen to our partner podcast uh, under the water tower, they mentioned it as well is that this has been a full year. No. Since the shutdown of COVID. Are you kidding me? We've been here a year. So if you think about it, we went to spring break last year. Right after the state championships for the high school basketball teams, at the end of spring break, that's when the whole country said, shut it down. Wow. Um, that's crazy to think that we've been in this pandemic for a year. You know, and so if you sit back for a second, you know, if you're in your car, you're at your computer, you're at work, wherever, and you're listening to this, just lean back and think about what has transpired in your life during this year. I can tell you there's a million different stories. There's probably 10 billion different stories. And some are heartbreaking. Some are sad. Some are good. Some are just like... You don't know. It's different for everyone. It really is. I can tell you that there are people who are not with us anymore, and it breaks my heart because they were good people, and it doesn't seem fair. It's, it's tough to think about. You know, sometimes I get choked up because I realize that there, you know, there's people that I want to call. There's people I want to see. There's people I want to go have a meal with, and you couldn't do that. You know what I mean? It, it changed your perspective on so many things. You know, and we could sit here and talk about heartache and businesses suffering and everything else. The reality of it is, is that there were some bright spots, and I do believe there is good that came out of things in this. And I can tell you personally, as a... As a father and as a husband, as a school teacher and administrator, that year it had hardships, but it was also end up being one of the best things that ever happened to me. And I know that's hard to say because there are people, like I said, who have had some hardships, but I got to go home and I got to see what I was missing. Mm -hmm. I got to see my kids. I got to see a new level of priorities being presented to me that showed me that you can look at life differently and see different values in it. Uh, sadly, I think we are a society that's gone to a level of convenience and hustle and bustle and how fast can we do things. I know so many people who they rush in the morning, they rush their breakfast, they go to work, they're tired, they work their tails off, they get home, they're tired, they're rushing to get the kids' homework done, or they have to get a kid, to, you know, kids to an athletic practice, or they have to go to church. You know, or, you know, that's the way to look at it. They have to, they have to, they have to. They've yep. created these expectations for themselves, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, whatever. And by the time it's seven, eight o'clock, you're looking at homework, you're scratching your head and everything else, you're exhausted. There was no time for family. There was no time for to cool down or calm down and, you know, be who you want to be or self-reflect, whatever you want to call it. And then by the time you get to the weekend, you're exhausted and you're not wanting to get out of bed and times are hard. I remember those days. Yeah. You know, before the pandemic hit, I lived that life. You know? Or just even having your whole weekend playing with errands and re- renovation and stuff like that. And so you never even really got right. a break. And so when I got sent to the house and we were under this, you know, pandemic and house like that, things like, it's like the clock stopped. 
you know, and you had to look at things. And I, I just wanted to say in reflection that I, I'm, I'm sorry some, a lot of people struggled. I know there are people who lost jobs, and I know things were rough and hard. I was blessed to be able to, you know, maintain a job and be able to and have time with my family and be able to do things to be a dad and connect with my children. And so I, I, I choose to focus on the positives. One of the big things that I got from it, believe it or not, I'm a big talker and everything. No. No, exactly, right? But uh, I had a lot more conversations, not necessarily texting or anything with people, but setting appointments almost to talk with my friends, check in with them, because one of the things that got highlighted during all of this was mental health. And that's something that's always going to be a big thing for me. That's why I went and go get a college degree in and learn a little bit more about you saw a lot more people recognize what depression is or bouts of sadness. And it's nice that that got brought to the forefront without having any kind of negative connotation with it. Right. And so seeing people work on that and seeing little things like sunrises again, like you said, so many people are just sprinting throughout their day. But I mean, if you have the ability to take the time, five, seven minutes to just watch the sun come up, watch it go down. And those were things that I was able to reset and do. So many things were taken for granted. Yes. A book that I like to read every year, The Road Less Traveled, and get something different from it each and every year. And it's almost like a self-help book just to let you see where you can grow and everything because that's something we're going to be doing our entire lives. I read it probably in October this year where it just kind of felt like, or last year, and it felt kind of like the meat of the pandemic. And man, I, I broke down crying three different times reading it just because... Like you said, you're, there's people in your life that you didn't know you were missing and situations came up that you'll never be able to talk to them again. And that's the reality of the situation. It is. It's tough. It's really tough. So many times I, I called on people that I was worried about. It, it, and it's, it's like, it's, would you have called them if all of this wasn't going on? You know, you, maybe you would have just sent a text message or been like, oh, they know I'm busy. Like, I'll get yeah, to them. I, I, I took them for granted. You know, that's the thing. And so, like I said, I think it changed perspectives. I think it allowed people to change priorities. I hope so. Not only allow them to change it because they had the time and nothing else that they can do, but hopefully they can reset that and keep that as a priority, make their life to where it's not just all work. And I know oh, a yeah. lot of people aren't in a situation where that's possible, but maybe the world's moving into a direction where that could become possible. I hope so. I hope so. You know, I know it changed me. Yeah, I know it's changed my priorities and I look at life, uh, I feel like in a better way. Good. And something now, like the other night I went to a baseball game and a baseball game, yeah. you went to a baseball game. So put that in, just saying that, saying it out loud, you know, and, you know, and we're going to, now that basketball season's over, we're going to start doing basketball and we're going to start basketball, baseball, we're going to do baseball and softball scores and we're going to have that for you towards the end of this episode. And I'm so excited to be able to talk about that. And so I'm sitting there and guess who's sitting next to me? Well, my friend Andy, because his, uh, his son plays for our team. And, you know, Andy is the regional manager of Malco. Just a great guy. And, yeah. You know, like, what do you call it? Your mom? Uh, yeah, used to I, I've known and, Andy a lot of time. He's seen me when I was even a little kid yeah, when I was running so, around the South Haven Malco. And I looked and, at him and I was like, I know the movie theaters got nothing. You know, they, yeah. they basically had to shut down and lay people off. And I'm looking at Andy. I'm like, you know, I was worried that, you know, hey, they might put Malco down. You, you and I are huge moviegoers. I yep. mean, the pod, another podcast we used to run was basically on movies and TV shows and other things and stuff. And, and so, like, I looked at Andy and I said, how you doing? He's like, I'm okay, Zach. I'm okay. You know, and I said, are things getting better? And he goes, they are. You know, it's been a long road. It's been tough, but we've been able to persevere. And even he said it made us 
put the nuts and bolts of things together and realize what we have to prioritize and how we have to structure things and try to keep, keep good employees, even if it means the sacrifice of things. Well, I mean, I know Brandy, the manager over at Olive Branch, she made a lot of uh, financial sacrifices and everything, continue running it and do anything that she could to find hours. Exactly. And so, she I mean, transferred like, over to South Haven for a little bit. And now she's back at Olive Branch trying to keep it up and running because well we love movies oh there's no doubt a positive thing that did come from pandemic was well a lot of things came into streaming yeah streaming video that's right i'm excited that we had that opportunity but there is nothing like sitting in a movie theater yes i I, do i do miss the experience i need the popcorn yeah i'm one of those smell you need the sound you need the person going shh (laughs) you you, you can complain all you want but yes you do need it but uh, speaking of some of that streaming there's a movie coming out at the end of this month that i'm stoked for godzilla king kong i'm a king kong fan through and through uh you rooting for King Kong or are you on the other side of this? You know, I, I'm one of those tr- people who's, who's realist and, you know, they're, one's not going to win over the other. You know, no, you know it's going to end up like, in a tie. Yeah. So if they told us in the preview that one goes down and one goes up, then I could see the Vegas bets rolling in here or something. <laughs> no, I get that. Uh, but no, I, to me, when I watch this movie, yes, it's exciting. You know, I love this kind of stuff. I mean, we Sci-fi. grew up watching crappy yeah. uh, Godzilla movies, yeah. Godzilla, Mothra. Uh, all, all the big ones. And so I'm just looking for a good movie. I'm yeah. going to be honest with you because the reality of it is is that so many times they've put out – see, Warner Brothers and HBO got together and they did this streaming service. And so they when they drop a movie in a movie theater, they also drop it to anybody who has the paid streaming. Well, of course, that's killing the movie theater. Yeah. As the consumer, I don't complain as much because I get to watch in my living room. Yeah, I'm in. I tell you, you know, it's been hit and miss. Well, I was super excited for a movie that came out a little while ago. Around Christmas was, time. It was a – straight dumpster fire i mean like if you've ever seen a dumpster on fire rolling downhill into another, another pile of dumpster fire with gasoline just, just set right there ready to explode is uh was that wonder woman movie i'm sorry I mean, if you enjoy wonder woman movie bravo that, ooh, I, ooh, wow i contemplated taking a spork to my throat <laughs> just like does this hurt because that's what i felt like when i was watching it because it's it was tough you know you could just tell that you know, I had read that they did a lot of reshoots and there was a lot of issues and everything else. And just, it just felt choppy how they brought Chris Pine back and everything. I, I don't want to get into a whole much detail, but it, it was tough. And so uh, I'm really hoping this, you know, Godzilla and Kong movie, you know, knocks the ball out of the park. I'm not I'm not going to keep my expectations high because every time I do, guess what? I get disappointed. So no, I am because hopefully I'll be able to sit in there with a bucket of popcorn all the way in the back in the middle, prime seat for myself yeah. and just enjoying a movie in the theater no doubt and of course the other one too that's coming out that i'm looking forward to which we don't discuss is the new version of the justice league snyder uh, cut this is the snyder is cut, that coming out is, in theater as well uh, that is coming out and that is four hours and one minute of a snyder cut so let, let's see how that goes all i'm saying is and i've been petitioning for this for a long time bring back intermissions like give me <laughs> a nice little 10 15 minutes step away use the restroom get some more popcorn and everything relax Go back in fully concentrated. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. long time. Well, it is what it is. But you know, Cash, I got to tell you, going to the theater is great and everything. But going outside is where it's at right now. It is. And have you been outside lately? Because the weather all throughout the week, seventies, a little bit of cloudy, that wind. But you know what that 
temperature means. A lot of time to get outside and yeah. do the yard and everything else. And uh, yeah, it usually means landscape. And whenever I think of landscape, I think of Michael Hatcher. And guys, as always, they're one of our great sponsors. And like we've said, every single week, they are looking for great people to work for their company. They have multiple positions available. It sounds there. like they're growing and they've even opened well, up a few new positions. Well, like we were telling you about what, four or five positions last week? Yeah. That has doubled to eight or nine because they've actually filled most of those positions and recreated the exact same ones as well as added even like landscape maintenance manager. They have a construction estimator they need, a project control person, a mechanic, a spray tech. They have several <laughs> other ones now. I was just talking to Gabby the other day and she was like, Zach, when y'all were talking about this like that, we're getting applications right and left. We need, and we're getting good folks. The it's like, you know what that there. tells me is not only are they trying to get you in the door, but they're trying to create, make it a career for you. Oh yeah. I mean, their motto is hire for life. I mean, come on, look, I, I'm not going to tell you anything else, guys. It's a wonderful company. It has great benefits. It has stock options. You're foolish. If you don't want to go for something different, it's going to be outside. You're going to work in this wonderful sunshine. And look, we've all been cooped up for a year. We just talked about it. Yeah. So this is your prime time. This is the spring we missed last year so if you want a new career you want new opportunities or you're looking for a career that's hatcher landscapes that's hatcherlandscapes.com by the way and make sure you call gabby uh i think her number's 662-755-3207 guys now look towards the end of this episode we have a ton of fantastic community announcements so make sure you listen in for those and when we come up next we've got a special story Do you think you're paying too much for insurance or you're tired of not actually getting an agent when you call? I think it might be time to switch to the home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Josh McIntyre is our local agent and supports our schools, our local businesses, community, and even takes care of all our insurance needs. That's home, life, and auto. Give him a call today, 662-893-5250, or visit him at his office at 6901 Cockrum Road, which is Highway 305. In our special segment, Did You Know? Charleston High School in Charleston, Mississippi had its first unsegregated prom in 2008. This is rather interesting considering that schools were fully integrated in 1970. If you don't remember 2008, here's some cool interesting facts for you. Number one, the iPhone had just been introduced for less than a year. The top song was I Kiss a Girl by Katy Perry. The number one TV show was American Idol. And Eli Manning won his first Super Bowl with the famous helmet catch for the New York Giants. You ask yourself, why did it last all the way to 2008? Well, there's a long story with that. Believe it or not, one of the local residents who happened to be pretty famous, well, not just in Charleston, but in the state, the country, the world, is Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman was born in Memphis and raised in Charleston for most of his life. If you don't know, he's an acclaimed actor who has numerous awards, numerous movie credits. He's even won so much as the Academy Award and Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. Well, in 1997, he learned of the school's tradition of having a segregated prom. As anyone, he decided to inquire why. What he received from the school, according to sources, was, was an explanation that they wanted everyone to have a fair chance of winning awards when it comes to prom, such as prom king, queen, and other accolades. And so they had two separate ones because they felt the demographics put African Americans at a disadvantage. Speaking from personal experience, I graduated from Hernando, and believe it or not, when I was an eighth and ninth grader, they still had somewhat of what you would call a segregated prom tradition. At the time, you would go to a singular prom, 
but they would have awards for African-American students and white students for prom king, prom queen, and so on. That tradition fell, according to some, and the story goes, is that a fellow student in the school was upset that they did not win a certain position in school government and felt the way to get back at the school was to contact National News. Thus, the Today Show showed up on the front door of Hernando, and the tradition died shortly thereafter. Now, I tell you this is because, believe it or not, the tradition was not frowned upon or thumbed their nose at by any means. Several of my friends actually said they hate that the tradition was changed because it gave them an opportunity to have an African-American winner in a prom of a school that was majority white. I don't know how to look at that as a person in this situation, but I can tell you that's the reaction I got when I was there. After Morgan learned the situation and he inquired why, He asked the school if they would change their tradition, and in so, he would offer to pay for one giant prom for all students. Sadly, the school declined his offer. Morgan Freeman did not give up. He continued his offer for over 10 years, believe it or not, 11 years. And in 2008, due to public pressure kind of in national media, the school changed its mind and decided to take him up on his offer. And that became the first time in school history that they had an integrated prom. This led to a lot of media coverage as well as an award-winning documentary called Prom Night in Mississippi, which chronicles the seniors of 2008 for four months leading up to the prom, having the prom, as well as the community relations all through Charleston during the process of desegregating the prom. I want to say thank you, Morgan Freeman. This is a great story of you unifying a community, and we appreciate it here at OPPOD. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. Listeners, I'm excited to say we have a guest today, Michael Chandler. This is a candidate for Alderman Ward 1. Mike, how are we doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome. Glad to hear you. Thanks for having me on the show. Man, we appreciate you joining us. It's a, it's a big deal for our listeners and the community of the branch to learn about each and every candidate. Um, you know, you're one of the first that we're going to have on this series where every candidate is going to get two opportunities on the show to kind of really give some background, some information about themselves, and then kind of t- closer to the actual election in uh, June to be able to really hone in on what's important and really deliver that message and platform to the listeners. And yeah, so- this was one of the big reasons that we started this podcast was to bring people closer to the people that they're going to be electing. We want them to be able to know who they're actually electing. So like any candidate, uh, Mike, we, we'd love to know, uh, can you tell us about yourself? Give us a little bit about your background. Sure. I've lived in the greater Memphis area for more than 30 years, and actually I've lived in Olive Branch for more than 17 I am married, uh, coming up in August for 22 years to my wife. Congrats. And we have one son and uh, active and faces us around having us doing a lot of things. So I am a 25 plus year IT professional at the largest employer in the area. You know, I've just been enjoying a lot of different activities and volunteering efforts, just being involved with the local schools and, and just you know, 
just love this great city. So. So that's awesome. As a long as a person who's been in Olive Branch this long, have you uh, have you enjoyed to see the development it's been making in the city? You know where it's where it's come from seventeen years ago, where it is now, and even before. You know, you could always see. And from my perspective, I grew up in Mississippi, and um, I, you know, you could always see this uh, North Mississippi, this Olive Branch area, as a hot spot a growing and developing area. So whenever I see new development and new growth, you know, just kind of it's an attraction for me and, you know, just makes me want to see and learn a little bit more about it. And, you know, as I drive and as I see lots of different areas, it's just always warming to see that, you know, this area is not dying, but growing. So is seeing all of this growth that you've seen over the years and I guess almost decades at this point, is that something that made you want to put your feet in this and start making run for Ward 1? Yes, and I, I, I kind of phrase my, my positioning in two different ways. So naturally, with a lot of the other national issues that are going on, the changing world that we have, you know, I just felt like I, I need to be a part of the solution and get involved. So whether that's in volunteering locally at food drives or things like that, or, you know, other organizations getting out the vote and uh, volunteering. I was a pollster at one of the votes for the last couple of years. Doing those types of activities just makes me progress toward the next step. And I just think this is it. And the other part of my calling, I think, is I'm a, I'm a servant. I, I volunteer at my church. I volunteer in other different areas, you know, donate blood. There's all kinds of areas that I give myself to greater causes, whether it's nationally or just trying to evolve myself personally to, to do more. That's, that's why I think I'm running. Fantastic answer, because it's always wonderful to hear that people want to serve their community before they can actually go ahead and lead them so they know some of the ins and outs. What are some of the goals that you have for Ward 1? Well, I'd like to see continue to develop, you know, with uh, businesses and just the combination of commercial and residential development that I see all along the corridor of what I am representing or striving to represent Ward 1, and even to the broader extent, um, Olive Branch. There are lots of great opportunities around to see, to continue all the good work that's uh, being done and just carry forward. So uh, I just want to continue a good, strong commercial development and job growth and uh, residential family appeal in this area. What are some of those opportunities that you see available? You know, naturally, you see a lot of the uh, talk nationally about infrastructure and uh, the change that's going to be coming, I I feel, from the top down. So I want to be a part of promoting that and representing Olive Branch in that respect. So uh, there are some very discreet ways that we can build Olive Branch or lead Olive Branch into uh, drawing more business and encouraging more business in those represented areas that will continue to make Olive Branch uh, stronger. Fantastic. There's two little sections we always ask that we planned ahead of time for all candidates, for all wards, mayor, and everything. Uh, and one of those things, one of those hot buttons we want to talk about now is annexation. As a resident of Olive Branch and as a, a candidate for Ward 1, what does this annexation mean for you? First of all, I, I like to say my, my position on a lot of different things is moderate. You know, I don't lean right or left on a lot of different things. I do try and take a measured approach to this. So when I looked at the annexation plan that the city has, you know, I, I thought it was a um, well-published and well-thought-out. I do agree that the city should approach annexation annexation because if we're growing in size and we're growing in volume we're going to need to have capacity and infrastructure for not only the residents but also for the commercial areas so if we don't grow we regress 
So in exception, I'm for it. I, I do like to, I am, because it's a, almost a 200-page document, I am still consuming a lot of the uh, details in that plan. I think that the investment in the underserved areas outside, you know, that are targeted for annexation should make it a, a, as attractive to those outside the city as those inside. Because we're all trying to be a bigger and better area. And if the, if the investment is there, I think the uh, appeal and the attraction should, and any of the concerns should go away once you uh, approach that. All right. Well thought out. I really appreciate it, Mike. Cause, but you know, and let me ask you, you know, for anybody who has issues, I, I do, you know, I, I appreciate conversation on this and not only now, but in the future. So I, I welcome the conversation on that. And I, I just draw us to the uh, city plan that's out there so that we can all speak from the same language. I agree 100%. I think uh, that leads me right into my next section um, because the second hot button, which I do believe is one of the most contested issues right now, you can look at it as local, state, or even national, is transparency with government. And Olive Branch, when you talk about that we're growing as fast as we are and things that are going on, transparency about what the plans are for the future, what is going on currently, and the ability to be able to speak to your elected officials is a big deal for our residents. Do you see plans to, you know, make any changes if you're elected, or do you think any immediate improvements are needed, or, or just any general idea of what you have when it comes to transparency in government? I'm going to lean a little bit on my IT background and knowing that, you know, technically there are lots of different solutions and opportunities available. You know, there are a lot of things published on the city website already that leads you to you know, if you can find it, if you can navigate to it, those those types of pieces of information are out there. But the other thing I'd, I'd like to say, even from a leadership standpoint, sometimes you can't tell everybody everything, either for a competitive reason or there might be other legal legalities involved with that. So, you know, I can see it from both sides, but in general, you know, my background lends me to be more open than closed. So I, I support ideas and efforts and my first measure would be board of alderman meeting that's just a thought that we kind of talked about in other sessions i've had with friends is you know see if we can get that published online or promoted online so it's a more of an open forum and it's just there's just, there's just a lot of different ideas i think they're out there without having any type of legal concern i'm for it no that's awesome to hear because one of the things that we've been pushing for ever since we thought about the idea of starting a podcast like this was getting the alderman meetings published and up there like South Haven and Hernando are being live streamed, you know, not necessarily the 4K that everyone else is doing, but just a <laughs> At way to so YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Something that we can watch and go back to. I think we can do it. I think Olive Branch is well, well able to do that. And we couldn't agree more. And we love that that's something that you're going to strive and push for. So, Michael, we would love to know what's some contact info that people can have, maybe links or Website, websites, anything. anything, so that they can follow you. Yeah, so the, uh, I just want to encourage everybody to do hashtag Chandler for Alderman, T-H-A-N-D-L-E-R-F-O-R, Alderman. And there are several different social links out there. If you find me from uh, the Democratic side, I am a Democratic candidate. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, all the different social media and um, accepting, uh, you know, contact from everything. But you can also, if you have a contact or anything, I'll even uh, publish my contact information for phone number. My phone number is 901-300-0952. My email address is Michael P. Chandler, O-B-M-S. That's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. The letter P is in Paul, Chandler, O-B, Olive Branch, M-S, 
at gmail.com. I'm not going to lie. You're putting that phone number out there. That's called direct access right there. That's fantastic. That, uh, that speaks to transparency and being able for the, you know, the fellow man to be able to reach you and uh, be a member of society that way. So I applaud you for doing that. Thank you. I, 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 I embrace this uh, new world and I am an open person. So a lot of this stuff is out there anyway. So you either represent it right or you don't at all. Couldn't agree more. Mike, We like I said, this was going to be uh, part one of a series. We look forward to having you back in maybe April or May as so we can uh, touch back up and get uh, you know, figure where things are uh, in the election and find some finer points and let your platform uh, blossom there. Until then, I think, uh, I think everybody's going to wish you well on your campaign trail. Again, everyone, if you're listening, we'll put those information on our show notes uh, so that you can reach Mike, phone, email, through his social media. And let them know what you're thinking. If there's something that's concerning you in Ward 1, and you want to let Mike know, is that something that maybe he can address? Reach out to him, and uh, or you can reach out to us on our social media and let us know, and we'll let Mike know as well, because we're going to be making bullet points for our next time we interview with Mike and through this entire election season. But until then, Mike, I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast, and uh, I look forward to the next time we get to talk. This has really been great. I, I do appreciate the opportunity. Thanks again, Mike. Olive Branch Auto Sales is not your typical dealership. They have spent years crafting relationships with all of the dealers in the area, which is why they are able to pass the savings on to you and how they crafted the largest inventory of pre-owned trucks under twenty grand in the Mid-South. Dave Mathis and Henry Zimmerman are here to help you and want to make your car buying experience enjoyable. So go ahead and visit them at 9697 Highway 178, Olive Branch, Mississippi. Do you have good credit or bad credit? It doesn't matter. They can get you guaranteed credit approval. Even if you have no credit because you are a first-time buyer, it doesn't matter to them. So go ahead and give them a call at 662-874-6125. Old Town Fitness aims to help people of all ages and fitness levels feel strong and confident as they go about their daily lives. Our dedicated coaches will walk you through our functional fitness classes and modify any movement to your current fitness level. We're located at 9045 Highway 178 in Olive Branch. Come check us out. So, listeners, we're back with Bob. Bob Bakken, reporter for DeSoto County News and OB Pod contributor. Bob, how are we doing today? Hey, we're doing good. Good, awesome. doing good. Hope you guys are doing all right. Man, we're doing great. We're doing great. I know it's been a week or more, too. We heard you had a story cooking that's going to be on the DeSoto County News website pretty soon, if not already on, that is revolving Mayor Scott Phillips. And, uh, you know, you want to kind of give us a heads up on this? Sure. You look at the four main cities in DeSoto County, uh, Hernando, Horn Lake, uh, South Haven, Olive Branch, and uh, yes, even the town of Walls. All of them are going to be uh, seeing their current mayors running for re-election uh, with the exception of Olive Branch. Uh, Scott Phillips early on announced that he was not going to be running for re-election. Uh, he's been in office now, I believe, right two terms. And uh, he uh, sat down with me to talk a little bit about that. And that is a story that may already have been put up on the website. Some of the things that uh, we talked about, first off, you know, I, you got to ask, okay, Mayor Phillips, why are you not running for mayor? And I thought it was interesting, his answer. He's really one who believes that he can't just be a three-term, four-term, five-term mayor. Like you may have seen elsewhere, he always felt that two terms was enough. He believes in term limits. 
and he just felt it was time. I've done my time as mayor, and I have served the city of Olive Branch in public service as a firefighter and all for 25 years. Mayors should not decide that they are to stay in office for an extra forever. And so he quickly said, no, I I just believe in term limits. I just felt it was uh, not my place to continue being mayor of Olive Branch and give someone else a chance to provide their input into the workings of the city of Olive Branch. So that was among the things that uh, we talked about. We talked about a lot of things in the course of the interview. Um, Accomplishments, uh, for instance, you know, he's... He's looking at uh, the economic development in the city, uh, all the growth in the city, uh, but at the same time being able to keep uh, the taxes low in the Olive Branch as among his uh, accomplishments. The city has uh, amenities, their location in uh, Olive Branch compared to being part of the metropolitan area. Uh, They're in a great spot because they have all the amenities at hand, but at the same time, they also have that small town feel. And that's always been something that I have really been attracted to as far as Olive Branch. We have, we have uh, uh, small towns, we have suburban areas in DeSoto County, but we have Olive Branch that not only has that uh, growing business uh, development and growing retail offerings and, and all the different amenities that are part of Olive Branch, but remember there's also this place called Old Town, and it's certainly a reflection of the history of Olive Branch and how much uh, people in Olive Branch crave that and want to protect that. And so you have that kind of a, a lack of a better word, I guess, the, the combination, uh, small town versus uh, suburban. If you want to go to the big city, you can always go to the big city if you want to. Uh, you're not far from just being out in the country. It's a great place to be, and it's certainly one of the reasons I think that Olive Branch has done as well as they have done in uh, uh, becoming one of the uh, faster-growing communities, not only in uh, DeSoto County and Mississippi, but you know, really at, at, in, in the state of Mississippi and in the country. Uh, another thing that Olive Branch has that other communities do not have is its own airport. And we went into a little bit of uh, the reasoning behind the city purchasing that airport here a while back. Uh, the fact that it was uh, easier to actually purchase an existing airport that the Bells uh, uh, company had instead of trying to build its own uh, and start from scratch. And the ability to be able to purchase that airport basically all with federal funds, not have uh, it to be a, a burden on the uh, city taxpayers. We also uh, touched on some of the hopes for uh, the new mayor, whoever that is, in terms of uh, the fact that uh, we were able to give you a rainy day fund now that's around $3 million uh, here when uh, he leaves office. And to be able to continue some of the things like uh, improving uh, sewer systems and and being able to uh, improve city services in that regard. I guess the other thing, obviously, is top of mind right now in, in the uh, city of Olive Branch uh, concerns annexation. And uh, legally, he couldn't comment a whole lot about that. But he did say that, uh, yes, it is a process. That's why it's gone on as long as it's gone on. 
We are about to begin uh, the actual trial in terms of uh, the annexation issue in Olive Branch, but uh, he also did add that as part of uh, what's been Olive Branch for years is uh, to be able to add and uh, grow the city through annexation. And, uh, you know, there's some people that obviously think that this is maybe overstepping and overreaching to be able to offer services. It's, it's it, something that cities, uh, not just Olive Branch, but elsewhere have to uh, be able to uh, look at in terms of growth is concerned. So um, that's uh, some of the things that we talked about during the course of our interview. That's awesome. Did you, you know, I didn't know that about the airport. And I got to be honest, when you, you kind of blew my mind when you said the rainy day fund with such a large amount of money, those are those are huge accomplishments in my mind. You know, you know, as a person who's lived in Olive Branch a long time and knows the area, been around it, uh, that's just not something that ever factored into anything when I think about local government and what the mayor's office can uh, attach themselves to. So uh, I give kudos to Mr. Uh, Mayor so, Phillips for that. And bravo to him for knowing that he just wanted two terms, like old George Washington, just, hey, I'm going to do not necessarily my time or anything, but I want to serve in the best way possible, and that's not overstepping or staying too long, and this is what I want to get done. He got a lot done, and as Zach and you were just saying, a $3 million rainy day fund could come in handy for an annexation that's going to triple the size of Olive Branch. That's fantastic. Did uh, Mayor Phillips say about what he's going to do when he decides to, not when he decides, but when his term is up? Uh, He's not going to disappear. Uh, That much I think you'll know. I think he will step away for a little while. But as someone who has been in uh, public service for the city of Olive Branch, remember, I think he started as a dispatcher with the city at like age 16 or something like that. So, I mean, he's, he's been working with the city for quite a while. And now whether it means, uh, after a short step away that he can get back into maybe working as an employee or he did say, um, you know, maybe you look at elected office, you know, He's just not sure yet right now, but he is not closing doors. But I think uh, you will find him uh, back with uh, uh, serving the city in some way, shape, or form. Whatever that uh, is going to be, he's not sure yet. But uh, uh, you're not going to see the last of uh, Scott Phillips come July 1st. That's great to hear. Bob, again, I appreciate you sitting down with uh, Scott and uh, hooking us up with that information. And uh, remind the listeners again where they can find your article on this. DeSotoCountyNews.com is the website. Take the link off of that website and put it on our Facebook page, uh, DeSotoCountyNews-MS. So look for it there. And you'll be able to find that in our show notes as well. And if you have any questions you ever want us to ask Bob, go ahead and feel free to email us at theobpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. Until we have our next segment of Back with Bob, we will uh, see you all then. Thanks again, Bob. Hey, you're welcome, guys. Thank you. Are you looking to buy or sell your home or property in Olive Branch area? I would like to recommend Carla Wilson of Capstone Realty Services. Carla is a straight shooter that is honest and resourceful in the current and ever-changing market. No one wants to feel like they're a number or that they're being squeezed for a higher commission or quick sale. Carla will show you you are valued and will never pressure you or even guide you in the wrong direction. Reach out to Carla at 901-827-3288 or you can also email her at carlawilson.re at gmail.com.
Now we have a sports update. Zandon Harrelson signs his letter of intent to go play for the Northwest Rangers out in Sanatobia. The former center hill forward turned point guard this season made the switch to help his future, and boy did it pay off in a big way as they made a huge playoff run, which if you want to see how that ended, go back to our first episode. But he took over the ball handing responsibilities, which came with a lot of scoring. He had a couple 40-point games this season, but the big thing is he was averaging over 20 points a game. He had a couple of four-year offers, but he decided he wanted to go Division I, so he felt like Northwest was the best place for him to allow his body to grow and to, and to further develop his skills, as he aims for that much-coveted Division I scholarship. Now on to baseball. Lewisburg took on Pontotoc, Mississippi on Tuesday, March the 9th, where they won 12-1. Thursday, March the 11th, they had a game against East Union and won 7-0. The game was never close. Lewisburg is currently 5-3 and they have a doubleheader against Rossview and Dyer County Saturday, March the 20th. Olive Branch played on Tuesday, March the 9th, where they lost to Center Hill 6-7. On Wednesday, March the 10th, they played against Cleveland Central, losing 5-10. On Friday, March the 12th, they played Grenada and lost 1-11, but Saturday, March the 13th, they had that revenge game against Center Hill, winning 8-7. Olive Branch is currently 1-8 with a doubleheader against Covington and St. Benedict at Arbendale on Tuesday, March the 16th. Center Hill is currently 2-5. They had a game Tuesday, March the 9th, against Olive Branch, where they won 7-6. It was an exciting ending, as all walk-off home runs are. On Friday, March the 12th, they played against Hernando, losing 3-4. And they had that second game against Olive Branch on Saturday, March the 13th, where they lost 7-8. This week in announcements, House Bill 1852 was passed in the Senate and is now going back to the House. This is important because teachers are going to be getting a much-needed raise. Now, Zach, I think you know a little bit more about this yeah, being in the industry. Yeah. At the, uh, the the Senate did pass it, but they did amend a few things. And so, by, as always, of course, I got to have to do a sprinkle on it, as they say, sprinkle, sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> um, they changed a few things of verbiage, and they, uh, but they here's the key points: it's a thousand dollar pay raise for teachers and teachers assistants. Woohoo! Not much, but hey, anything hey, is needed. Shitching. Anyway, <laughs> much overdue. Yes, much overdue. It also changed the base pay. For teachers, Ooh. for starting teachers, which go up to thirty-seven thousand, and base pay for a teacher assistant to fifteen thousand. So that that's really good. So I'm I'm happy to hear that. I'm sure the house hope will go ahead and just pass it as is. So we, you know that we can get it can move get on. it injected, get it already going. Uh, if if they change it, you know, of course they go through the same thing again. But hey, you know what? It's good to see that the house already sent something like this. All they did was amend a little bit, you know, their way. But they're both of them seem to be in agreement. The teachers need a pay raise, so it looks very promising. The teachers, yes, will get a pay raise, and hopefully, it doesn't end here. No, it doesn't end here at all, and stuff. And so, I'm pretty happy about that. You know, you know, talking about houses and stuff like that, it reminds me of uh, the Rodmans. Um, as we mentioned last week, we have a new sponsor, and that's uh, Abby and Spence Rodman. They run uh, Rodman Properties, guys, and they are the people you want to contact if you have a house that might be in a little disarray 
or you have a house that maybe you just want to get rid of and you don't want to fool with the process of fixing it or having to adjust it or even update it to make it put it on the market to get top dollar. And a lot of times it's just not something you want to fool with, you know, maybe things are between jobs, whatever it is, I would give these guys a call. Their business is fantastic. It's a local professionally ran. They're going to give the caring touch you need and they're going to be honest and give you a fair price. If that's what you decide you want to sell, or if you just need advice or things, they have many different things they can help you with. I strongly encourage you to check them out. Go to their website. That is iBuyDeSoto.com. iBuyDeSoto.com. You will not regret it. It has all the information you can imagine on there and quick links to be able to contact. Give it a look today. Another huge thing that is happening this week is the North Central Electric Blood Drive, which is going to be happening at their main office on March the 24th from 1 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. And anyone who donates blood has the opportunity to win a $50 Visa gift card. That's a great thing, Cash. I really hope that people come out and uh, give blood and, you know, not, not for the gift card, but because they want to help. That's a community building opportunity that helps people in need. Your hospitals are, you know, overworked with the COVID and everything else. This is an opportunity to give back. It doesn't cost you anything about time. Exactly. It's a little happy. Most people are going to be donating blood anyway, and they just needed to know of a place where they could do it. And hey, if you win a $50 Visa gift card, all the better. Hey, you can take us out to lunch. We're here, <laughs> we're here at dobpodcastgmail.com. Just make sure you let us know. But anyway, speaking of time, something I learned this week, just going through Facebook and checking stuff, is that, believe it or not, all the branch police department gets on social media through Facebook, YouTube, and stuff like that, and they have a segment called Storytime at Five. And I happened to watch the other day. It is where a police officer for the Olive Branch Police Department gets on there and reads a children's book. You're kidding me. I'm not. And I was blown away. Like this past week, I think it was Llama Llama Time to Share (laughs) and everything else. And it gives you an inspirational message. It lets you know what the the kid from learned to it, as well as has biblical references, which is, I was so impressed. That's amazing. Like just the thought of an officer in uniform. Full uniform. Reading Llama Llama. It's money. It's money. Nothing can beat it. And then like you said, the education that you're getting out of it, the biblical references. How about this? Community relations on steroids through social media during a pandemic scare kids don't have to come out of the country and they still get to see an officer in a positive way bravo to all the branch police department bravo I, who better to tuck you in than the police officers that night <laughs> i like that <laughs> could be their new slogan <laughs> uh we're, we're going to trademark that by the way remember that all branch okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no it just reminds me of something else somebody else that was doing this and that was dolly parton who during covid she donates a book to you if you have a child under five, I only know this because when my brother lived up there, we had like 30 books each month. They were getting a brand new book. So to compound this, she started Good Night with Dolly and was reading everybody a bedtime story every Thursday night. They're still on YouTube. If you want to have a nice little bedtime story with Dolly, she's got you covered. Bravo, Dolly. The next local announcement we want to make is Painting with a Twist is having a fundraiser for the Tunica Humane Society on March the 21st from 5.30 p.m. till 7.30 p.m. Guys, if you're animal lovers, come on out. This is an opportunity to have fun. Uh, they, they teach you how to paint things. I believe there's, you know, you have you ever been, I have not been there. They are a blast. Go, I've heard you can go there and have a little bit of painting, a little bit of a drink. Maybe. Is that right? You, you can bring uh, your own bottle and everything. I believe so. there's a little corking fee, but you know, you just sit there and enjoy, relax for a good cause. Yeah. For a good cause. What's better. Now I know you have a little bit more artistic ability than I do. I've been told to have the artistic ability of a chicken eating crayons and spray farting. Yeah, the person that's laughing is the same person that gave me that critique. So there you go. You know it's honest. (laughs) 
citizens, we need your help. The Olive Branch Police Department is in search for one of the most vicious and bloodthirsty criminals probably in DeSoto County history. The Lowe's Bandit. <laughs> Sorry, I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> Guys, if you haven't heard, the uh, Lowe's and Olive Branch was robbed and by a pretty brazen bandit. I, what you I were telling me about this a little bit before we started <laughs> I recording. Saw, and I, 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 I couldn't could barely keep it. I could barely keep a straight <laughs> face, but believe it or not, I, we had to put this on the pod just because of pure brazenness, you know, and it's yeah. just kind of humorous. I mean, to have the cojones to just walk in. Yes. Uh, so if you haven't heard, the story hit is that a, uh, a female customer came in wearing a mask, went up to a register, explained to the register person, you know, the cashier, however you want to say, said they worked for the corporate and they were there to audit that register. Specifically, so I mean, specifically that register. This, this register has come up wrong yeah, three of the last of four nature. days. Uh, and then suddenly the, the cashier, I guess, didn't question it or was afraid to question it. And they opened it for the person to audit. They collected the money and the person got out of the building a little bit richer than they came in with, you know. <laughs> and so we have dubbed this the Lowe's Bandit. Uh, they have put a picture of her on the Facebook page that they have, as well as on the website. Is the mask on? <laughs> with a mask on. And so if you read some of the comments on social media, you know, the, the, the sleuths and the you know Columbos <laughs> out there have said, this has got to be an inside job. And if you happen to know anything about it, you know, help out your local police department. But I just figured we'd have a good time with that a little bit. But. Yeah. You know, I mean, everyone's got a local train robber still going around <laughs> with the bandana wrapped around. So, yeah, you know, you know like, it gives a little nostalgia, but... Anyway, as always, guys, we want to tell you, if you've listened to this episode, we really appreciate if you really honed in on the sponsors that have supported the show, that support our community so we can support the community. Uh, we have great ones, and if they if they decided to have an ad with us, it's because they help us. And I hope you give them the opportunity for their services or their goods or their job opportunities. It means a lot, and it's a way we can build our community. But something else I'm excited about is what we have in store for next week, Cash. We've been continuing our series with potential elected officials, as well as talking talking to locals and people of new jobs. And I'm excited to say that we also have another one next week. We have mayoral candidate Ken Adams will be joining us as well as we have the new football coach at Lewisburg, Dustin Hectorn. I'm very excited to say that next week we will be doing our first true crime. I know this is something that you've been chomping at the bit for. I mean, this was something you've been working on since we, before we even started this podcast. And so to see you get the opportunity to do this, I'm excited for it. I know the listeners are going to be excited for it because from what you've told me, this isn't not just going to be Mississippi things, but we're going to get some local ones as well. Yes. Uh, one of the one of the first stories is, is close to my heart um, because uh, sadly, one of the victims is somebody I knew. Oh. And so uh, that's why I chose it. It's not so much of a tribute, but it's also to say that one of the reasons I enjoy true crime is not just because of, you know, it, it, you know, it scratches an itch or anything, but this one came close to home. And I think it's something that we don't have in Mississippi. There's not a lot of pods or uh, any audio or anything like that. All you hear about is just the result. You don't get to hear any stories or backgrounds or anything about it. And so we want to do some short true crime stories, hopefully around once a month. Uh, and the first one's probably going to be really close to home and, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, that's what we want to do and have fun with it. And, but we're also going to do some historical ones. Uh, there's an opportunity to, to work with a, you know, a few other people to maybe get some really cool local stories that have never been published before, or if they have, you wouldn't even known about it. They're really cool and unique in history. And so I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it 
I think it's going to be a start of something that is something completely unique to our community. And I hope that people enjoy it. And if y'all know of any stories that haven't gotten the recognition that they deserve, feel free to go ahead and email us at theobpodcast at gmail.com or feel free to send us any questions about anything because we want to hear from you. That's why we started this podcast. No doubt. Community engagement is why this podcast is involved to help the, help the community so we're all working together so we're all on the same page. And guys, remember, if you are listening to us on your favorite podcast provider, make sure you're hitting a subscribe and telling your friends. We put stuff on Facebook and on Twitter. We would really appreciate the follow, the like, and anytime we post something, it is something to build the community, build the podcast, which thus builds the community. And if you could share that with us and share it with your local friends, that would be a huge help. But I think we're going to call it a night on this one. Cash, you got anything else? I'm good. I think we're going to call it a day. Guys, it's been a pleasure. And so I'm Zach. I'm Cash. And we'll see you all next week.